surface effects. The deeper interior was settling down into a more or less steady state. Peridotite formed by the fractional crystallization of olivine and pyroxene. Basalt formed by the partial melting of peridotite. And the very crystals, rocks, and melts rose or sank depending on their relative densities. The partially molten interior separated into volumes of distinctive chemical compositions silicate-rich zones that would ultimately become the continents, the ocean floor, and the underlying layers of deep crust and upper mantle. These processes of chemical separation foreshadowed subsequent segregations of elements into the oceans and atmosphere, and ultimately into plants and animals. All of these processes of elemental selection and concentration, and they've all continued right up to today. In all of these earliest stages of Earth evolution, heat was the principal agent of change. Heat caused the entire planet to melt, and thus divided the denser iron core from the less dense silicate mantle and crust. Volcanism, also driven by heat, separated the volatiles that would eventually become oceans and atmosphere from the rocks. Earth's earliest history is marked by a succession of heat-driven element separations. It was because of heat that Earth spent a brief part of its infancy as a blackened, basalt-covered world. But that phase couldn't last long on a volatile-rich planet. The globe was about to be enveloped by a new volcano-born layer of brilliant blue. We can deduce a general picture of Earth's initial cooling and the subsequent release of volatiles to form the atmosphere and oceans. But much of what we deduce boils down to informed speculation based on lab experiments in computer models. Hardly any rocks are known to have survived from the Hidean Eon. Before examining the early origins and evolutions of the ocean, we should make an inventory of what we don't know. The collective evidence of astronomy and moon rocks suggests that the moon formed by a giant impact. Yet we aren't sure the exact timing of that event, nor do we know the details of Theia's final trajectory. We could imagine the rain of incandescent silicate droplets that must have followed the big thwack, but we don't know how long it took to cool Earth's superheated surface. We're equally uncertain about the fast-changing orbital dynamics of the young Earth-Moon system. How fast did the Moon recede, and Earth therefore slow its frenetic rotation? By the same token, scientists are unsure when the oceans first formed, or where they formed, or what they looked like. We can deduce a general picture of Earth's initial cooling and the subsequent release of volatiles to form the atmosphere and ocean, but much of what we deduce boils down to informed speculation based on lab experiments and computer models. Hardly any rocks are known to have survived from that early period. But there are some pretty convincing ideas out there, and I want to give you a version of the story that's probably as good as any for now. One thing is very clear. With Active volcanism and abundant volatiles, Earth could not remain black and dry for long. Thundering volcanic vents blasted hot nitrogen, carbon dioxide, water vapor into the thickening atmosphere at rates of many millions of tons per day. The atmophile elements and compounds, the atoms and molecules that are gases in our atmosphere, were the same atoms and molecules that formed all the different ices of the former solar nebula. In fact, they're the exact same atoms that you're breathing right now as you listen to this lecture. They're the atoms that contribute to all the tissues of your body. And those volatiles have played many roles throughout Earth history, including in the rapidly evolving 
it de-inerth. Hot water played several crucial roles in the evolution of rocks and minerals. Water and carbon dioxide mixed with magma, which lowered the melting temperature of the rock significantly and turned the liquid rock into a superheated soup that more quickly ascended to the surface. Once that water-saturated magma came close enough to the surface, all the dissolved gases transformed rapidly and violently from liquid to expanding gas. The resulted massive volcanic explosions were like mountain-scale replicas of a shaken, warm soda can. Rocks and magma and ash were blasted across the countryside. Water-rich fluids associated with magmas played another key role. They dissolved and concentrated all sorts of rare elements that don't find a ready home in the common rock-forming silicates. If you look at the periodic table, you'll see the light elements lithium, beryllium, and boron. They were concentrated in the hot liquid water phase.